Hello and welcome to another episode of Known. I am your host, Mandy McDonald, and I'm glad you're here today because today's guest, Kelly Bandis, is a comedian and just all around funny lady, and I'm very excited to have a more lighthearted show with you for the most part today. You have probably heard of Kelly, whether you realize it or not, because she shares hilarious videos on her Instagram account. I myself am at the tail end of Gen X, but she jokes a lot about being a millennial mom, and I can relate to a lot of it, and I know a lot of you can too. So if you're not already following her, you will want to do that. And speaking of following, I just want to thank all of you for your support of the show. If you're not already following and liking and commenting and sharing, then you can find Known Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and my website, mandymcd.com, will take you to all of the different places where you can find me and my guests. So with all of that housekeeping taken care of, let's just hop right into it with comedian Kelly Bandis. Hi, I'm Kelly Bandis. I am a comedian and writer. I live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, um, and I am a mom to three very wild, wonderful boys. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's it in a in a nutshell. <laughs> well, I'm excited you're here. I've been following you for a little while because I think you're hilarious. Um, but also, I just love that you share the real side of parenting. <laughs> um, I, we see a lot of people who are like, oh, here's how I make my children's breakfast match the theme of the book that we're reading later today. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yay, but I'm not going to do that. So I appreciate the realness um, that you share. And I know people who are listening appreciate that as well. So we'll talk more about your comedy and writing, I'm sure. But for now, tell us your story. My story. Well, I will say just just to to that piece about um, being authentic. Mm -hmm. I think that for a long time, I tried really hard not to be authentic. And I did try (laughs) to be one of those moms who is on Pinterest and has themed dinners and, you know, all that jazz. And Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I just can't. (laughs) And no shade to the moms who can and love that and thrive off of it. Um, I know I, I like poke fun at that a lot, but right. if that's like your jam and that fills your soul, rock it out. Like, yeah. I just suck at it. So yeah. I, had to, I had to do a hard pivot um, with a, a reference. I'm sure that you'll appreciate knowing the name of all of your podcasts, like a, like a Ross with a couch. Pivot yes. Required. Yes. Um, okay. So my story is I grew up in Boston. Um, in a pretty devoutly Catholic family. Me too. Um, Oh, no way. I actually didn't know that. I mean, not in Boston, but my family's from New Orleans. So of course, everyone's there. Cool. I'm reading um, Interview with a Vampire right now. So I'm like very New Orleans minded at the moment. Um, Okay. So like quick and dirty version is I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also really, uh, latched onto the Catholic guilt piece yes. of um, that lifestyle. And I, I love Catholicism. I think it's beautiful. I think the rituals are mm-hmm. grounding and it can be really like a transcendent place to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a practicing Catholic anymore. Uh, but anyway, the, the guilt piece really kind of sunk its hooks. 
And as a result of that, I was really focused for a lot of my life on being good, Mm -hmm. performing well, doing what I thought was expected of me uh, out of fear. I was really, really scared of messing up for a long time. And that presented itself in a lot of different ways. Like, I don't know, like, you know, eating disorders and mental health issues and Mm -hmm. all of the really fun Greg things that you want to experience (laughs) in childhood. Um, So that was really rough. And I did like, don't hear me saying that I had a rough childhood because I absolutely had a very privileged childhood. Um, But I really struggled a lot with trying to live up to this arbitrary standard that Mm -hmm. I thought was set for me. Um, and that was really hard. And, and as I grew up, I realized, and this is very recently that I started realizing that I was never going to, I'm never going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And so I need to let go of a lot of those things. And I need to cast off some of the expectations I have for myself and some of the beliefs that I held that I, that I don't really feel are accurate or correct and become the the best version of myself, which is one with very low expectations for my <laughs> performance, um, and just one that's never. Um, who I think the most dangerous we can do is is feel like we've got it all figured out mm-hmm. and like we've got all the answers and all our perspectives and perceptions are correct, because that's where we lose all of our humility. Yeah. So if I can just be a person who knows I'm never going to get it right. And I'm constantly going to screw up, but keep trying to do better. Um, I think that's kind of like a good place to be. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I am right now. I'm also like in my mid thirties, can't wait for like 20 years from now. And I yeah. listen to this be like, Oh my God, you were so dumb. <laughs> you thought you had it figured out. Tell us about what your job is. And I'm saying that with quotation marks because I know like you are working. It is work that you are doing, but there's also like so much more to it than that. So tell us about what you do other than parenting right now. Um, man, my job, it's, it's so weird to describe. So like I said, I started out like trying to be a mommy blogger. Yeah. This seems legit. We're doing this. I can take pictures. Yeah. And there are some amazing mommy bloggers out there and they have got their ish together. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was bad at that. So, um, one day, I don't know if you're familiar with fab fit fun. Oh yeah. Um, who isn't right? Exactly. (laughs) They're so great. So they send these boxes for people who don't know, they send these boxes of quote unquote, full size products to Mm. famous people and the famous people unbox. And it's supposed to be this great thing. So like two years ago, I, I don't know, I just had had enough with FabFitFun. <laughs> so I just made a video um, and people liked it. And I have always been like when I was growing up in high school, I would perform. This is going to age me so much, but I would perform Dane Cook's routine yeah. word for word for my softball team. <laughs> I don't know what why I subjected them to that, but I've always really liked being goofy and silly. And, you know, if I can make people laugh when I do that, then that's great. Um, Everyone in my family is, is way funnier than me. And so I'm always just like trying to keep up with them. Yeah. Um, I I made this video and people really 
seem to like it. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. Like if you scroll back on my feed to wherever it is, I like made it with some janky editing program that has its like logo in the corner. It's so bad. <laughs> but I can't take it down. Um, so from there, I just started shooting and editing videos. Um, you know, try to do a cup, you know, one a week or something like that. And my following, which was, which was pr- pretty small, mm-hmm. really started to grow. And I, and I think it's because um, I'm just, you know, I am your neighbor, I'm your friend. Yeah. We have kids at school together or whatever. And I'm taking a risk mm-hmm. that for me personally was was hard to step outside of like, this is what a mom is. She's meek and she's supportive and she's this and she's that, but she's not trying to be funny, not posting video. You know, she's not doing these things that aren't selfless. Before I was doing this, um, and I still am, I'm a speech language pathologist. Yeah. And so I think maybe a lot of women, I know I felt this way. I felt like if I'm gonna have a job where I work outside the home, I better be making the world a better place. It's really important. That's where I put my value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's great. That's so great. And I loved doing that. But what I discovered by doing these videos ultimately is like, that really lights my fire. That yeah. really makes me happy. And I can see a difference in myself as a mom, as a wife, as just a human being in general, doing something that like, I'm really jazzed about yeah because it's it's so fun and I don't make any money uh, <laughs> so I'm for real just doing it for fun yeah um, and I've connected with so many people that I never would have met before. Um, I've taken classes places I haven't I wouldn't have taken classes before um, like I you know took sketch writing classes with Upright Citizens Brigade, which oh, wow. would have been terrible to ever do. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's important for us to, like, so many people talk about self care and like mm-hmm. take a bath and paint your toenails and like that's all great, but you got to find something that like really lights you up. Um, and I think that they, that for me, so yeah. that. that been really cool and like a bit of self-discovery for me. Okay. So you talked (laughs) about loving to entertain other people like your softball team. Can you kind of, I mean, you explained how you went from, you know, mommy blogger to doing what lights you up and you figured out what that was. But what if there's somebody listening who's like, okay, I'm trying to be an influencer in some way and it's not working. How do you take those steps to find the thing that's going to light me up and work for me? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I, <laughs> I think the most important piece of advice I could give is do not try to be like someone else mm-hmm. because that person is already out there. They're already doing their thing and they already have a corner on that market. Um, so if you're trying to be an influencer and it's just like not working, you need to find a niche that makes you uniquely you. So it really doesn't matter what that is, whatever weird thing you're into. <laughs> for example, I started knitting Outlander stuff. There are people on the internet that are here for that. So whatever makes you the person that you, you are, 
as long as it's like a good thing. Um, (laughs) You know, like I'm not, I am not at all interested in people who, I mean, this is just a personal preference, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not, I don't enjoy following people who use um, controversy to Mm -hmm. their platform. I think there's a lot of people out there right now and it feels lucky to me. Yeah. Um, But I think you use whatever, whatever it is that you like doing. um, I think that really resonates people when it feels real and you have a knowledge base behind it. Anyway. Yeah. And, and, and another thing I I would encourage people to do is connect with other Mm -hmm. creators. So if you figured out that you really like doing like, I don't know, Olive and June self-managers at home and you want that to be your thing, be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You guys can swap ideas. You guys can, you know, um, not like authentically boost each other's posts, but like comment on each other's posts, share things. And I think building that little bit of online community can be really, really helpful. I have met so many people online just because we're into the same stuff yeah. and their stuff is funny and my stuff can be funny sometimes. And so <laughs> we share our stuff and their audience sees me and they wouldn't have normally. So it's uh, making those connections is super important. Yeah. Okay. So you went from, I already said this once, but you went from mommy blogger to more of a comedian type take, but you still talk about parenting. So yeah. what are things that it's mostly women that are listening to this podcast. Hey dudes, thanks for listening. If you are, (laughs) Um, but what are some things that mommies who are listening right now need to be listening to you about? Mm, That's really good. (laughs) Um, I always, I always crack up when like women have a very small dude following like yeah. uh, same he like my analytics are like 3% men. Is that just my dad? And right. Oh, Uncle Joe, um, thanks for listening. <laughs> exactly. Who are these guys? Um, okay. In terms of parenting, I do not pretend to have anything figured out, but <laughs> some of the things that I have learned, especially over the last couple of years, um, is the importance of making sure that you are teaching your kids empathy, mm. inclusivity, and um, really promoting those chins and in your home. Um, our family is interracial family just via adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so something that's really important to us is making sure that we are supporting our, our son is from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So supporting AAPI communities, making sure that our kids know about their brother's birth culture, um, and I think that right now, and especially in the world that we're living in right now, is so important to learn about, to educate you, yourself and your faith about other cultures um, and how to be respectful of them. We're also, um, my son is deaf. Mm-hmm. So we are also learning about um, deaf culture and the deaf community, learning sign language and things like that. So I only mentioned that to say before. I quote unquote needed to learn about those things. I was very fine with just living my life mm-hmm. um, and trying to raise good kids and, you know, doing the best that I can trying to you know, be a good mom. <laughs> um, but I have, <laughs> which is what we're all doing, right? right? We're all just yeah. trying our best. 
Um, but I think this experience with adopting a son has, has shown me that like, oh, sweetheart, you have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You need to start over, start from scratch and really look at parenting through the lens of raising up the next generation of human beings. Yeah. And that's really perspective about the language we use in our home and the books that we read to our kids and, you know, sharing current events with them in an age appropriate way. Um, because before I shield my children from everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that now I know that that's not okay. And so, you know, to borrow a phrase, when you know better, you do better, or you try to do better. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know if I could give advice to moms. I would say that. Um, the other thing I would say is I think for the first several years of my children's life, I didn't let parenting be fun. I just, oh. it was all about routines and rules and, you know, I'm the mom and you obey me. And when I say this, you jump, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And as my, and that is, so, you know, somewhat necessary when you have really little ones and you need to have, you know, strict routine or, you know, whatever, but I've learned as I've gotten older that like the best part of being a family is having fun together and being silly and laughing and making fart sounds with your armpit and all that (laughs) stuff. That's the, that's a good stuff. Not, you know, your sticker charts on the fridge. Um, And so I, I guess I would say those two things, one being far more important than the other, but um, I don't know, my kids and I try and have, try and be goofy together. We try and you know, I, I let them help me come up with video ideas. And like, I have a whole series of videos where I'm just pretending to be them. And <laughs> they think it's the funniest thing. And then they'll pretend to be me. And, you know, it's just having fun with each other is, we don't leave a lot of space for that because we're so, you know, we're busy. We're doing all of the things and driving to all the practices and tutoring, whatever. Um, but just making that time to like goof around together is so important. And that's, remember in 50 yeah. years. You know. Yeah, that's the stuff that I remember. Both of my parents have passed away and childhood was a long time ago. But the stuff that I do remember is just the fun stuff. Like I don't remember what time my bedtime was. And I don't remember. There's a lot of things I don't remember. Um, but the fun stuff yeah. is definitely what I do. Exactly. All right. You mentioned your son that you adopted from the Philippines. There's much more awareness. And you said you know, before you had to learn it, you just avoided those topics. So as a mother of children who only look like me, what do I need to know? What do I need to be teaching my kids that I may not already know about? Mm, that's a really great question. Thanks. Um, and I am not the expert. The, fir- the first thing that I will say is that the, the people that we need to listen to about these things are members of those marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Um and I can do, you know, we can link in the show notes, like some great creators that talk about these topics. Yeah. Um, and I guess that would be the most important thing that I would say, like, mm-hmm. I can only talk about my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually stopped sharing a lot about my son specifically on social media because of a lot of great education that I've received from some adult adoptees, especially um, adult adoptees who are part of transracial families, Mm -hmm. because I just don't, I will literally never understand his experience. Just like you and I will never 
understand the experience of people who are members of marginalized communities, Mm -hmm. because we just can't. Um, And so that would be the first thing I would say is that we need to listen to the people who've, who experience life as a part of communities. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other piece that I would just say is that talking about to your kids about race, it's not taboo. It's not something that you have to shield them from until they're quote unquote old enough to get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And I know that that's a mistake that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, I was definitely a person who used to be like, oh, we don't see color and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. But when you, um, when you start to say that things don't matter, that mm. um, undercuts their importance. It's it's essentially saying those people don't matter. Their experience doesn't matter, mm. um, and that's that's certainly not right. So if you know, I, I've had um, I've had experience, and and this is this is more with um, my son specifically, but people will come up and ask questions about him, how mm. he looks. He looks different than us, and you know, I don't say things like, well, that's how God made him. Yeah. And while that may be true, I say the wonderful ways that we celebrate, you know, his, his culture, his Filipino heritage. And mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, I use age appropriate language, but right. I, I just tell them. Um, and I think that's important for, for moms, especially because we are the, you know, not to no, no shade to dads, but we are the generally the more intelligent part of the parenting equation mm-hmm. and, and we can tap into those things and those conversations with our kids without them scary. Yeah. Um, but it's important to start with the, while they're little and not, and not wait. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just give you this little scenario and see what you say. So, <laughs> you know, I'm a, a Christian in the South. <laughs> I'm a white woman for those of yeah. you who don't know. Um, so because of that, that's kind of what I'm mostly surrounded by in our community, um, other white Christians. And while we definitely have friends of different races and cultures, it's not a lot. And at my kid's preschool, where he is now, there are several children who are Asian American. And my son, of course, notices that they look a little bit different than him. And he'll say like, um, Bill looks like Jerry. <laughs> of course, mm-hmm. names have been changed to protect the innocent. Right. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just agree. Yeah, they do kind of look alike because they're mm-hmm. um, from the same culture. And then I'm like, but wait, what if one of them is from China and one of them is from the Philippines? Or you know, mm-hmm. like I, I can't know for sure. And so then I start questioning, like, am I teaching him the wrong thing? Am I saying the right thing? Like, how do we figure it out? I guess is my question. Yeah. I mean, I think the very first big thing I'm going to say is I don't know how to answer that question (laughs) Um, because I too am a white woman Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know the answer. I, I think that his question is totally natural. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids, when they're surrounded by people who look one way and then they're introduced to kids who look a different way, they notice and how we respond, whether we respond with like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that makes a big difference without having to say a lot. Um, Yeah, I I wish that I had like some great answer from a knows more than me that I could quote for you, but I think (laughs) 
That would be another, you know, another, um, another great thing to look to writers and creators and yeah. speakers who, who, you know, are from the AAPI community or, you know, whatever, whatever instance you happen to come across looking to looking to people who are members of that community to really direct. But, you know, that gives me some introspection because I know how I would answer um, if it was directed at us for my son, but if it was directed another way, I'm not sure. And that's something that I probably need to learn more about. I just like starting the conversation, whether it's with someone from my own community or someone from another community, because I feel like the more that we just normalize talking about it, Mm -hmm. the more we can figure out how to talk about it with our kids. Yeah. Um, I do want him to feel like he's allowed to notice differences. Um, just like when my, my dad was a double amputee and he loved it when kids would come up to him and say, where are your legs? <laughs> like he right, just thought right. it was adorable and he could tell them like, well, my legs were sick. So now they're gone and now I have this cool chair. <laughs> um, but when kids would be afraid of him or um, would, would just stare at him and not feel like they could talk to him, then that made him sad. And so right. I want my child to feel like he can ask questions and sure. he can get information without judging people. But then I also am so afraid of offending someone or saying the wrong thing that sometimes I just avoid. And yeah. I know that's not right either. I No, I understand. And that's totally human. And I think it, what you said is exactly right. It's about having conversations and forming re- genuine relationships with mm-hmm. people. Um, and then once the, once that's happened, then it's appropriate to say, oh, you know, and uh, it's appropriate to ask questions once you have a relationship, I would, I would guess. But, you know, again, I don't know. I'm not, um, I'm not an expert, but I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But you do have, I mean, you have some insight being a parent. Um, just being a parent teaches you all kinds of things. But <laughs> being a parent to a child who looks different from you um, right. teaches you a new set of things that I haven't learned. So sure, I feel like you do have things to contribute to that conversation for sure. And sorry, thanks for letting me put you on the spot about that. Topic. No, that's okay. <laughs> I think that it's, it's helpful to me to even see where I have areas, you know, as it may be, I might have some areas of weakness that I need to <laughs> learn more because yeah, it is, it is difficult. And I know that it's like something that we did on, you know, very much on purpose, which, um, you know, adopting our son who adore, uh, but it's, it presents a lot of different challenges that I just was not prepared to parent. Um, and so it's just a constant learning process, which is great because it keeps me really honest. (laughs) Yeah. So I have always, do you know your Enneagram number by any chance? I am a one. Really? Yeah. I know it doesn't look like that, does it? But I'm a closet one. (laughs) How about that? You're a healthy one then. You are tapping into your seven for sure. <laughs> See, that's what. Okay, so when my internet personality is a seven, yeah, for sure. Well, I'm a <laughs> seven. Really, you're a seven. Okay, I I'm am. Fr- okay, my best friend is a seven. I I gravitate towards sevens all the time. And one of my best friends is a one because I need like we balance each other out so well. Like mm-hmm. I need her structure, 
And she needs yes. me to be like, Psh, come on, let's just have fun. <laughs> so it works well. Okay, so because of my sevenness, I love fun. So I have always been drawn to funny people as friends. To I've always loved stand-up comedy. Um, if we're going to, if I get to pick the movie, it's going to be a funny one. I love comedy, but sometimes it can just become like just con- consumerism. Like I'm just taken mm-hmm. in comedy, I laugh, and then I move on. So what makes your comedy more than just funny? Mm. Um, I, and I'm the same way. Like I, I love to consume comedy. Like I will go down rabbit holes or rabbit trails forever. Um, (laughs) I think what's different about what I'm doing is that it's, we don't just, I don't just post funny videos and then close my app and, and that's it. I'm not, I am not trying to like be a celebrity or like get cast on Saturday Night Live. Like that's not my end goal. Uh, like in my little corner of the internet, it's, I do comedy videos, but we also talk as a community about stuff that matters, stuff that's important. Um, we meet as a group every other week to watch Outlander because I'm <laughs> very obsessed with that show. Um, so it's not just, you know, it's not just comedy content. It's a community of support each other and like laughing together and dealing with tough parts of life through comedy is mm-hmm. something that's really like bound us all together. Um, and so that's what, that's what I get out of it is, is more the sense of community and caring about each other. You know, I love, I love doing the comedy videos and those are super fun and, yeah. uh, you know, I hope people enjoy them. Um, but yeah, that's really, I think that's kind of what, what makes it different. Well, I love it. I honestly <laughs> first started following you just because I was like, Oh, she's funny. Like, uh-huh. And then yeah. the more that I've kind of hung around and, and seen the things you post, I'm like, oh, but there's substance there. Like it's not it's not just a laugh. It's yeah. She's trying to make us all feel something <laughs> other oh, than thanks. I'm glad that that comes across. It um, is. I I I tried um, you know, I've tried a lot of things and mm-hmm. this feels the most genuine and makes me feel full. You know, mm-hmm. it feels it feels good to do this and connect with other people in this way. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that you like it. Yeah, I do. And I think that it's great that it's filling you up too, because I think there are a lot of people who are just grinding it out to be, to have that internet presence in mm-hmm. one way or the other. And it's sucking the life out of them. Yeah, and it's, and it's it just, can, it for sure can. And I know people like who are even running an internet, you know, a social media account just, for their small business or, mm-hmm. you know, not even trying to be an influence or anything. And it's still draining them. And it yes. just doesn't, it doesn't have to let it be, you know, if, if you are trying to do this, do choose the fun parts and do those. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, don't grind it out. It's not worth it. It's social media. You don't have to be miserable. Right. Um, just make it fun. And it, yeah. it, I really think that that comes across. Yeah. And I, I even had to learn that myself. I'm not trying to get a social media presence at all because I just, I don't have the organizational skills for that, first of all. <laughs> but I do want, I want people to know about the stories that we share on the podcast. And so just trying to run a social media account just to let people know that this podcast is here can be exhausting. So mm-hmm. I love it when I talk to somebody who's like, no, I'm, 
I'm doing this and I love it because that's not always the case. So, you know, you were talking about wanting to keep your, your son's life more private. And I would assume all of your children, because I don't feel like I see your children that much on social media. Um, And a lot of people give advice to influencers or people with a social media presence, like show, show your life, share Mm -hmm. your family, show what you're doing. Um, because then people get to know you and people want to see you. And so how do you draw that line? I think everyone's really different about, about how they feel about this. Um, I used to share a lot of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started, as they've gotten older, I started thinking that they will eventually really care about this. They're yeah. really going to care what mom put on the internet of them when they were little. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be embarrassed or upset. And I, I just don't want to have extra reasons for them to hate me when when they're (laughs) teenagers. Yeah. Um, And I want them to be able to tell their own story. Mm -hmm. I don't want their lives to, not that I'm like, you know, have millions of followers and anybody cares, but I don't want, um, I don't want their lives to like have already started on the internet without their permission. Yeah. And people, parent, all parents are different Mm -hmm. and have different thoughts and opinions about this. Um, but anything I share about them, I let them know. And it's usually just on stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't want to be a mouthpiece for their experiences because I'm just not them. Yeah. And our parents didn't have the internet and there's guys. Thank God. To, yeah. Be a parent on the internet. Thank God. Yes. Instagram was not around when I was like in college. Good yeah. Lord. I'd be Save doing a lot all. of damage control if. Oh man, the leading pictures left and right. Yes. The last question that I ask everyone, and I'm really interested in your answer because we both have the former Catholic thing happening. Um, but because of your story, what do you know about God? Mm. Because of my story, what do I know about God? I know that God is with me even when I do not have time for him. Mm. I know that he is always wanting good things for me, even when I don't think that I deserve them. Um, and I know that he is trusting me to be a good steward of all that I've been given. And so because of that, I have to believe in myself that the work that I'm doing is good. And that even though it's never going to be perfect, um, God has trusted me with with a lot of wonderful things. And I want to appreciate and embrace those things, you know, even when they seem tough. Yeah. That's a good answer. Thanks. That was just right off the top. (laughs) Well, good job. Well, I'm so glad we got to sit and chat. Yeah, Uh, this was so fun. Yeah, it was. I, I think that's one of the things that I really love about doing this podcast is people and and I've had some of my best friends on and sitting and talking with them pointedly has brought out things I didn't already know but then also just meeting new friends or people like you that I've seen your internet person you're seven (laughs) Um, (laughs) but then getting to like pull back the curtain a little bit and just yeah it's fun so fun yeah you guys, Kelly is so funny. If you are not following her, check out show notes and make sure you're following her. And also, she sent me a ton of people that we can all follow to learn more about 
transracial adoption, AAPI community, the deaf community, so much good information, places where we can learn from other people without burdening them with what we don't already know. And I also just want to say thank you again, Kelly, for letting me pick your brain about those things. While you are a white Christian lady, just like I am, you also have a perspective different from mine. And I love learning from people with all sorts of different perspectives. Thank you, thank you, thank you to each of you who are listening. Make sure you tell Kelly how much you enjoyed the show. Make sure you tell Kelly how much you enjoyed hearing her. And do do me a favor. I'm sure that there are videos of hers that I have missed. Watch them and tag me in your favorite so that I don't miss it too. While you're finishing up this podcast, before you exit your app, whatever platform you choose to listen to podcasts in, do me a favor and leave a quick review. Five stars would be awesome. And a sentence or two about why you like listening, because it really does help other people find the show. So as always, I will leave you with the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you.